Welcome to All Angles Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Hunt, and we have a guest with us today. We have Sydney Kuhn from Wildly in Love, and she is one of my greatest friends who also happens to be a mega talented planner. So it only made sense that I brought Sydney on for this episode to chat all about how photographers and planners best work together. I'm really excited to be bringing you this episode today because honestly, this was one of the biggest questions I had whenever starting in the wedding industry. I feel like it's not talked about a whole lot, and while talking to Sydney on this episode, I found that I still had questions and wanted to clarify that the way I go about things is actually a really respectful and great way to work as a team with a planner. So if you've ever wondered how to create a genuine relationship with a planner, we're going to talk about that. If you've ever wondered what makes a planner want to refer a photographer, Sydney dishes about all the things. If you've ever wondered as well what photographers can do to be the most helpful to planners before, during, and after the wedding day, we're going to talk about that. We talk about location, timeline, getting the best spot for sunset portraits, what's helpful, what's overstepping, and honestly, we just talk about so much that goes into how to just work as a team, which is so, so important, you guys. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this episode, and I hope you love it as much as we loved creating it for you. You are listening to All Angles, a business and photography podcast that truly hits on all angles of creating and sustaining a fulfilling photography career. Hosted by Claire Hunt, a former pediatric trauma nurse turned wedding photographer and educator. Every two weeks, Claire brings you tangible and actionable tips that help you improve your dream business, all while providing you some encouragement along the way. For marketing, client experience, travel, content creation, productivity, and more, grab your coffee, because we're about to hit on all angles of running your dream photography business. Welcome back to the show, friend. Okay, so I know this topic of how planners and photographers best work together isn't always talked about, so I can't wait to dive into all of this today with Sydney Kuhn from Wildly in Love. Sydney is a destination elopement planner partnering with Wildly in Love couples to create adventurous elopement experiences all around the world. She's married to her absolute best friend and favorite adventure buddy, Caleb. They're constantly traveling, exploring new places, and finding peace in the most adventurous moments. She really loves to share her travels on their blog and vlog, The Wildly Life, and she hopes that by sharing those travels that she'll be able to inspire others to live a wildly adventurous life. Sydney is mega talented, and I can't wait to chat with her all about this. She started in the traditional like big ballroom wedding industry. So Sydney, hey, introduce yourself even further to the listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself and career path. Hey, yes. Hi, I am Sydney. I am literally so excited to be chatting with Claire, who, like she kind of mentioned, is one of my good friends and uh, a stupid, talented photographer. I've <laughs> just finished working with her. Actually, I actually had a little bit last week, and it was literally the best. I amazing. Love Claire. Yeah, Claire has so much goodness to offer. So all of you Aww. listeners, I'm so excited for you to, to just be tuned in. Um, but yeah, okay. So a little bit more about like my career path. Uh, so kind of a, a long story in the sense that I've been uh, doing weddings and events for about eight years, almost nine years now. Um, and I started working in weddings and events in high school. So my first experience working with a wedding planner was actually in Atlanta where I grew up, uh, just as like a day of assistant, um, and then eventually intern. So probably since I was about 14, 15 is when I knew that one day I wanted to have my own wedding planning business. So basically every step I took from 14 on was to make that dream come to fruition. Um, so I decided to major in um, a degree that kind of would translate well to wedding planning. So I ended up uh, majoring in hospitality management and I went to the University of South Carolina, USC. Um, so while I didn't really like learn about how to plan a wedding by any means in any of my classes, um, actually most of my professors like were like, do not become a wedding planner. It's a dying <laughs> field. You will make no money. So Haha, at them because lol. Right. Well, anyways, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sir. Um, you 50 year old man, but anyways, so so I just learned like a lot about like hospitality, the hospitality industry in general. Um, I worked at, like huge festivals and concerts throughout college. I worked for different wedding planners here and there. Um, and then after college, I moved to Washington D.C. Um, and worked in Bakewinds and uh, events and like weddings for a very like high-end kind of country club uh so like imagine me like full suit heels the earpiece like working with secret (laughs) service kind of vibes like very traditional very like high class luxury weddings um it was like 
the kind of job that you would like, I feel like to be in a movie, you work like six days a week, 14 hours a day, every single weekend, every holiday, including Christmas. Like I ran between five to 15 events a day, um, from like private parties to dinners, to weddings, all these things. So like, that was honestly where like a huge chunk of my experience came from was just like being in this high stress, high pressure environment 24 seven. Um, and just like really gave me a lot of the skills really quickly since I started so young. Um, and then after that I left the club, um, and I, I left the club. That sounded so like I was like a dance club. Um, but I worked for a wet, uh, wet luxury wedding planner in DC for, um, a while before I eventually started my own. So yeah, that's kind of like a little brief on the last eight or nine years of my career. That's so crazy that you got started at 14 years old. Like that is legit. Like, you know what you want and you went for it at 14. Like I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I thought maybe I would be a nurse. I'm like, okay, I love taking care of people. Like I love caring for people, serving them, etc. But I like, never would have like, I don't know, I probably wanted to be a singer really deep down or like something <laughs> like that. But you actually went after what you like really wanted to do, which is so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's honestly kind of crazy to like think about it. Like now, like being like the 14 year old me, like wanted this yeah. and it like came to fruition. So I definitely worked my like legit butt off uh, yeah. to, to get here, but it's been worth it. So Wow. And how stressful too, for like luxury, like high-end events, like I'm sure it was really amazing too, in some kind of ways, but also very stressful as well. So that's yeah. why even though Sydney is mostly specializing in elopements now, um, she still has so much to offer with just talking to us today about planners and photographer relationships. So as far as like, I have a bunch of questions for Sydney today, so we're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go through them. So let's say that a photographer listening into this episode, like really wants to receive planner referrals. So what do you think is the best way to go about creating that relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. So I love meeting new people and connecting with people. Um, but I would say my biggest advice to like actually get referrals is to start genuinely interacting with them on Instagram. So follow them on Instagram, engage with them, just like, just be your normal self. Like a reel is funny to you that they posted, like comment. If you found something helpful, like let them know, like just like genuinely build a relationship, um, like over time. And then like, eventually you could maybe like reach out and be like, Hey, like I've loved your work for a while now. Like after you've been DMing or had conversations and they kind of know who you are, um, then maybe like, I'd love to work with you and like throw out some ideas of how, um, like, for example, like I literally get so many DMs like a day <laughs> from photographers who I'm like, I don't even think you know who I am. Like you just literally cold DM'd me like the most basic text or message like, hi, I want to book more destination elopements. Like, I love your style. Can you recommend me to your couples? Yeah. Um, and I just like, I don't know, that like really rubs me the wrong way because mm -hmm. like, you don't even know who I, I don't even know who you are. You don't know who I am. You like didn't even care enough to like even maybe look up my name. Yeah. Um, and so like, I don't know, like you just are coming at me like with no backstory and wanting me to recommend you to my couples who trust me to capture one of the most important days of their life. And like, I'm all about connecting with people, but I think there's like a right way and a wrong way to kind of go about it. Yeah. Um, and like my like couples that trust me and like, I genuinely give them and recommend people, uh, photographers that I like actually believe in, love their work and think they'd be a good fit. I'm not just somebody that just like, Oh, here X, Y, or Z bribe. Like here's nine photographers that randomly DM me saying they would give me a kickback bonus if I booked like them. So, yeah. um, yeah. So anyways, my, again, my biggest recommendation is just to genuinely interact with like a planner or a vendor that you really like on Instagram. And like, I've recommended tons of photographers I've met via Instagram. Um, and like whether or not on purpose or intentionally, they've engaged with me and we built a relationship and now I work with them and recommend them. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And that's such a great answer too. Cause one thing I always recommend for my mentees who are asking this kind of thing too, is just to create relationship without expectation too, because it's mm -hmm. super, super sticky whenever you're just DMing to try to like create a relationship, but really you have no genuine like desire to 
get to know them or like just to actually know them as a human being rather than, oh, they're going to send me referrals. Like that's just messed up. Just don't do that. Um, (laughs) Be friends with someone who you obviously love their work and you love their style and all of those things, but like really truly get to know them for who they are and make sure that you feel like you're a good fit for them too. Um, And just without expectation, man, that's like the most important thing. Because actually, Sydney and I met um, through a styled shoot that she planned with another photographer here in Colorado. And it was right whenever I was moving here. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love her style. I have to book a ticket to this styled shoot. And I was not expecting anything. I was literally just expecting to get great content, walk in there, have great, cute, like A-frame Airbnb kind of cabin (laughs) vibes and like buy a river and wildflower elopement and like all those things. You've probably seen the photos on my website. Um, I still love them, but I had no expectation of what that friendship would end up turning into at all. So I think that's like Mm -hmm. a huge part of it too, but Um, Yeah. No, I love that you point that out. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you kind of talked about like, okay, I want to know you type of thing, but what do you think like makes a photographer worthy of being referred? Yeah. So there's a lot of different factors that go into like why I would recommend a photographer to one of my couples. It's not just like, oh, I really like you. Like you're my friend or, oh, I like love your work. I want to recommend you. Um, Like part of my job as a planner is to recommend vendors uh, to couples who I truly believe would be the like the best fit for them and their style and their wedding and elopement. So one of the biggest factors is editing style. So if my couple wants like true to color or like film vibes, um, but you're more like super dark and moody or like super editorial, like I could totally love your work, but I'm just not going to recommend you. Cause like it has nothing to do with you as a person or your work or me not liking you. It's just that like, yeah, there's just so many photographers, so many different editing styles. And like, I'm not going to completely ignore what my couple wants just to recommend someone, if that makes sense. Um, so like, let's just say your editing style is exactly what my couple wants. We'll take that example. Like, okay, you've made it, you've made it past that check mark. Your editing is like on point. I've added you to like a back end, end of my list of like, oh, I think they could be a good fit. And then I like really go into more research. So I look into like who you are, what it's like to work with you, where you're based. I'll go through your Instagram, your website, watch your highlights. Like I really do like a super deep dive into like everything about you and your brand and your personality. Um, and I do like literally look at the about page on your website. <laughs> like I really want to know like the random fact about you. Like, I don't know, like if you're married or if you're not, or like how you got started, like, I don't know, all that really matters to me because Elements, you work really, really close with the couple and the photographer and the planner. Like that bond is like, and the videographer is like very important to me um, to make sure my couples have like a super incredible experience. So like, I want to know if you're going to make my couples feel super comfortable behind the camera, or if you're going to have like a positive attitude when we wake up at the butt crack of dawn and like go on a hike. Like, yeah, I just want to like know obviously that your work is really good, but that you'd be like a really good fit for like the dream team, quote unquote, that I'm creating. It's kind of what I tell my couples. One other thing that I also look at, I forgot to mention is I look at if you're local to a destination or if you specialize in destinations. So I usually recommend a mix to my couples of like a dest like somebody that specializes in destination or somebody local to that destination. So for example, Colorado, like, um, if I have, well, I live here, so that's a bad example. I'll say California. Uh, if I have a couple <laughs> living in California, um, I will look at California based photographers. And I will also look at photographers that are travel, like specialized in destination, like not just like put it in their bio, like, Oh, we'll travel for food or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, like they literally travel, they post about travel, they're an expert in travel. So like, I don't have to like, even think about them being like, I'm jet lagged and like, can't rally like right. an elopement. Um, and then I reckon I do both because local is like, obviously usually more cost effective because you're not paying travel fees and they're really like experts in the area most of the time. Um, and then destination is like, because they're just incredible and, you know, they'd want to take them anywhere. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of like, kind of my, what I, what I do for referring couples or photographers to couples. That's amazing. And as far as like two with destinations, like I know a lot of photographers who listen in and even including myself, we're all like destination photographers. We all want the travel. We all want to go everywhere. So like, what do you specifically look for as far as like a destination photographer? Like, do you just look at like, oh, they've traveled to this many places. So they, I know they can rally. Or do you look at pretty much everything you said for just referring in general? 
Um, I, pro- I look at everything I said, like mentioned above, but if I'm like trying to divert, like actually decide if they're a destination versus like, like I said, somebody that maybe wants to get into it more, but doesn't have the experience necessarily. Um, I just like, there's not like a set number. Like, I feel like I, it's kind of like a compilation of all of the things yeah. <laughs> like of like them being like a good, like, well, at least what I can tell from their Instagram yeah. and website, if I feel like they'd be a good person or a good fit or whatever. And then like, if they post a lot of different locations, like mm-hmm. not like, Oh, 90% of your work is in X, Y, and Z. And like every so often you travel for a wedding more of like all of your work is in different places. Like kind of like, if you look at my feed, um, like all of my photos are like in different places around the country and like the world. So like a similar thing to photographers, like, obviously it's not like, Oh, you've posted twice from this state. You're out. <laughs> you know, like, it's like nothing like that. It's just like kind of like a general feel, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So basically what Sydney's saying is that if you guys want to be referred for destinations, you have to travel <laughs> to the destinations first and share about them. That's something that's such a struggle too. Like I just went to Oregon in May and I have not gotten to edit like anything because literally like it's been such a busy season. So can't wait to share more so that hopefully I can market that <laughs> and go back someday. But yeah, yes. share, share your destinations. Um, yes, I could go on a whole other <laughs> spiel about like posting your destinations and work and all of that, but yeah. I won't go into that because we already have so much goodness. Yeah, about. we have so much goodness. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So as far as photographers being helpful to planners, like what can photographers do to be the most helpful before, during, and after the wedding day? Yes. Okay. Love this question. Um, so first thing before I get into like the specifics of before, during, and after is just remember that we're on the same team. Like planners, are doing their best to navigate what the couple wants, what the vendors need, and like Mm -hmm. a ton of other external factors that are beyond their control. Uh, So when we work together, we can make like everything so much smoother as a team, the whole wedding and the elopement and everything will just be so much better. And like the couple will just have such so much better of an experience when it's like a seamless, like team front versus it being like, Oh, like adding stress and frustrations. Cause like the planner is telling me I have to do this or the photographer's not back at this time or blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. all these things, like just remember like the end goal is like to help the couple and do what's best for the couple. So like, and we're on the same team. Great. Um, <laughs> yes. I could like go along on that, but anyways. Um, but yeah, so for, to give more like practical answers. So before the wedding, Um, I have a super, like, I just have a super open and collaborative mindset when it comes to like working with photographers about, uh, like timelines and prep and scouting and logistics and all of that. So usually I reach out to the photographers about a month before the wedding or elopement, um, just to kind of touch base, which like, usually we've like talked throughout a ton. So sometimes it's just like looping back, like, Oh, just want to confirm this is still good kind of thing. But just say like, I don't know, we haven't talked in a while or we hadn't figured out the final logistics. So, um, I'll usually say like, what timing do you have for photos? Like, have they like, let you know anything like shot list wise, like they want to do a first look or they don't or anything like that. That's like super photo specific. And then I try to build my timeline in a way that like flows really nicely with photos as much as possible. Um, so like, I definitely be like, okay, like this is kind of planned at this time. You know, this is when sunset is like, I'm, i definitely am aware of sunset. <laughs> and so I like factor all of that into my timeline. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think like just respond in a timely manner and kind manner and like, it'll be good. And just have like, again, like more of like a team collaborative mindset versus like me versus you, like we're right. both trying to do what's best for the couple. And then during the wedding, So I think just trying to be, especially for like non-elopements that like, it's a little more flexible, like big weddings that have tons of like moments and logistics and timing with vendors and catering and like all of these things, like just try to be as respectful as possible of the timeline. Uh, Planners specifically, I'll speak for myself, but I'm assuming this is for all planners. We work really, really hard on our timelines. I put so many details, so much time and so much energy in my, into my timeline. So like, when somebody just like blatantly ignores it, it just yeah. like, it's just not it for me. Like I thousand percent get that like things are crazy on wedding days and like, you know, like things might get behind or ahead. Like that always happens, but just being willing to adapt and like being really communicate, communicative, is yeah, that a word? That's a word. Yeah. <laughs> communicative. And just being like texting, like if just say you're offsite, like 
Hey, like, you know, like they added some family shots and it's going to be like 15 more minutes. Like we're going to be late to the reception or something like giving me a heads up so I can let catering know. And then like catering's not like yelling at me when like, we're not serving dinner at a certain yeah. time in the timeline. And I'm like, well, the couple's not even here. Like I'm not about to like plate a salad. Um, right. and so like, yeah, I just, like, I want my couples to get like all the dreamy shots and I want the sunset photos. And so that's why I try to plan as much ahead of time to make sure we're on the same page about timing and make sure we're all aware of like, if there's something that's super time sensitive, I usually am like, Hey, like FYI, like this is like super critical because X, Y, or Z or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. and just like, again, trying to communicate as much as before beforehand so that the wedding day is super smooth for everyone. And then after the wedding, the last, last little part, um, is the best thing that you can do is share the sneak peeks and galleries with the planner and honestly the whole vendor team. Um, I, you'd be shocked how many times, like I literally never get the galleries. Like I usually just like text my couple, like I'll see them post and then I'll be like, Hey, like, would you mind sending me that? Like I never have that, uh, from the photographer. Um, and so it's usually with bigger weddings that I'm not working as closely with the, with the, with the photographer in the sense of like an elopement vibe but yeah I so in my timelines I include all of the vendor um contact information so like email so it's super easy that like if you wanted to send the gallery out to everyone could I also put all of the Instagram handles in the timelines so that it's super easy to properly credit and tag everyone. Um, I would say one of the most frustrating things that I deal with as a planner when it comes to photographers <laughs> is not getting tagged or properly tagged whatsoever in any of the photos. It like, it's, it's honestly super hypocritical because photographers are so sensitive about them getting tagged and credited, which I totally get. You took the photo, you should be credited but like have the same respect and the same kindness that you want people to tag you like as a vendor, you should be doing the same. And like, yeah, I don't know. That just really gets me like frustrated. And like, I totally get like, maybe you're writing a sensitive caption and you don't want to put in the caption. So then tag in the photo, or maybe you like, this is a wedding from six months ago. And like, you're like, Oh, the vendors aren't as relevant. Or you feel that like, put it in the caption, like at the bottom of your caption, you know, just like, I've also heard from couples too, like they actually have told me before they get really frustrated when photographers don't um, tag vendors because they could be stalking somebody or you or whoever for their own wedding. And they're like, I want to know who did this floor bouquet and they're not yeah. tagged anywhere. And it's like really frustrating. And also me as a planner, when I'm looking for vendors and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love these rentals. Where do they get them? And the tag is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, sorry, but I got on the side. No, topic, I but. love it. It's a really important <laughs> topic for sure. Yeah, I just think just being mindful and respectful of that and like kind of like a tip. I shared this like, I feel like this was last summer. I I like kind of enlightened because I guess photographers didn't, maybe all of them didn't realize that this was like a heated topic. I don't know. Maybe they're blissfully unaware. <laughs> um, but I, like I said, in my timeline, I put it all. And then I copy all of them over to a notes page. So anytime I go to post or plan my captions, I have all of the right tags for each, like either shoot or wedding, elopement, whatever. So it's super easy. Like I don't have to like think every single day, like, oh my God, who is this florist from a wedding seven months ago? Like I have no idea, like trying to be on top of it. So like even after a wedding, like I don't know if all planners put the the social media tags in their timelines or if there even is a planner so maybe in like your questionnaire to your couples you could ask them for even just the vendor names and then you can find the instagrams like you know don't necessarily make your couple do like a ton of work um but like just having it like so where if it's not provided for you you can do a little bit of work to you know find the the tags the vendors and properly credit everyone yeah no that's such a great like piece of advice there because that's exactly what I do because not all of my couples work with a planner and so then it's like if you don't send a questionnaire where you're asking like hey where is your dress made what shop did you get it from like who is the florist or who is the suit person person I don't know (laughs) who's this (laughs) person that you got the suit from um just all those kinds of things it's super important so then you're tagging and giving credit and also like 
if you were to want to submit the wedding or elopement as well, like Mm -hmm. places that you submit to, they want to know who the vendors are as well so that they can properly give credit. And like, just like Sydney said earlier too, about it being like a team collaborative approach, it's so important to think about all the work that the vendors have put in. Like, even if it's just a DJ where they mainly just do like a little questionnaire, maybe about like what songs that the couple once played, but they still had like a role to play in the wedding day and in that like elopement or whatever it is. So just be sure that you think of it that way too. Cause like she said, we all hate whenever we're not tagged uh, for things and it does suck (laughs) to not be tagged um, and credited. But at the end of the day, like also think of your other vendors too, because they all have played a role. So I'm going to stop ranting now, but um, (laughs) yeah, that was also great, Sydney. I love it. Um, So as far as like timeline and locations, I know this is such a huge thing. And one of the biggest uh, requested topics that we chat on today, I asked a question on my All Angles pod Instagram and also my photography Instagram, just asking like what you guys wanted me to ask Sydney. And it was all about timeline. So um, (laughs) as far as like for a wedding or elopement, um, when it comes down to the wedding timeline, how can we best work together? Yeah. I love this question. So I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but I'll just go into like a little bit more depth. So, um, again, I'll give you how my process is, but I think if you just go in with a mindset of like, just really kind and like being like, Hey, like I have these things that like my couple wants, I want to make sure I have time to capture them, you know, either saying like, when would be a good time? Or this is the time I'm thinking, does it work with you? Like just going in with like a very, like, Again, team mindset (laughs) when you're emailing, I think is like a great way to start it off. Um, But when I reach out to uh, the photographer, I'll like, you know, touch base with them, be like, oh my gosh, can't wait to work with you, yada, yada, yada. And then I'll ask specific questions that maybe I don't already know. So like if they're doing a first look, any specific photography timing, shot list, like are they doing family photos after the ceremony before, like things that I wouldn't just like normally know. And like, that's kind of your guys's realm. And I totally want everyone to handle their realms and like rock it. So um, yeah, I just like ask that kind of stuff. And then I usually in the email will say like, like I want to take your timing and I'll do my best to like work it into the overall wedding day timeline. Um, and like, I'll touch base with you with like more specific logistics. And then I always say like, a week before the wedding or the elopement, like, um, be sure to make sure that I send you a copy and like, you can look over it and make sure we're still all good to go. So when it comes to like, say sunset is at six 30 and dinner starts at six 30. <laughs> um, that's like a tricky time. <laughs> um, I think you could maybe chat with the planner again, like really kindly and be like, obviously like the timings that the planners have, we've been working on for like a year, a year plus. So some of the timings aren't changeable. So it's not necessarily planners being stubborn and being like, Oh, like I can't move this because of X, Y, or Z. So like, for example, just say that the six 30 dinner and the six 30 sunset, like isn't movable because catering is contracted for this time or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes like I've asked catering be like, Hey, is there any way we can push dinner back 15 minutes or move it up or, and most of the time, like they're flexible, but again, there are situations where they're not. So I'm going to give you the situation where it's not. Cause I feel like that's where the most advice is probably. Cause if it's flexible, then like, great, we can move it. Yeah. Um, but if it's not, I think trying to get creative, um, again, like tag team with the planner. So like, just say dinner's at six 30. It's like, okay, is the couple getting introduced before? Yes. Or no, like, Oh, the, no, they're not. Okay. Then like, why don't we start dinner and then have the couple come in 10 minutes late and do the intro after everyone has salads. And it's like, Oh, that's actually perfect. Cause then people can start eating and they get introduced and then they can sit. So like, there are ways to like kind of work around it to where like the timeline still flows really nicely, but like no one's getting like, kind of like put in a pickle (laughs) by it. Um, So that's like with that timing, I don't clear if you have like more since you are a photographer, there's like other like issues or other like things that like questions that would be helpful for me to answer with that. For sure. Well, I can share what I do and then you can give me feedback. Like if what I do is actually like good, that way people will know like, okay, yeah, she can do this. So I can too. Um, Like literally for every traditional wedding couple, whenever they inquire with me and we have our first call, like I'll get some information on that call. Like, Hey, are you planning on doing a first look? Like how many bridesmaids, groomsmen do you have? Like those kinds of things. So then I know how much time to a lot for like each thing. And then I'll create like a draft timeline after we get off the phone so that they can like see what the day will flow like for however many hours they're thinking about. 
And then like, that's totally a draft though. And it's strictly just like a photo kind of timeline. And then like three months ish before the wedding day, I'll work with my couples on a questionnaire. That's where I get to know like all the things photography wise, it's like super important to them. And then we will like finalize quote unquote, the timeline on a call with them. But then before I call it like final, I include the planner on the email just because they have their master timeline and they know like all of the logistics for rentals or catering and like things like that, that we don't know. Also, if you have like in your timeline that you're going to photograph reception details at like 530 to six, but it's like, they're not going to be set by that time. Like this is where the planner comes in where they can be like, Hey, you might need to switch this around a little bit. So, um, that's been really helpful for me. And I send it to the planner telling them it's like a draft photo timeline. And then I like make sure that they know that I respect their expertise and I want like (laughs) my photography timeline to fit in with like what their needs are and also just their knowledge of the day too. So that's kind of how I go about it. Would you say that's like a good way to do it, Sydney? Yeah, I think that's great. I think, um, I feel like I work with photographers, especially when I did more like traditional or larger weddings, like everyone has different workflows and I like totally get that. So like when I've got, I've been sent like photo, I usually ask if they have a photo timeline too. And sometimes they'll be like, no, especially like elopements. It's like usually like more chill. So they're like, no, I haven't like done that yet or something. Yeah. Um, but for more traditional stuff where it's like you mentioned, that was a great thing that you mentioned the detail shots, like of a room and them not being set. That's like a huge thing like that needs to be communicated with the planner. Cause like if the room's not set yet, like you're not going to get it. And then like, you could either miss those shots or like if that wasn't found out until the wedding day. So usually yeah. like if you've communicated, it can obviously get like talked about in the, in the weeks leading up. But I think that's great. Like having a chat with your couple and then knowing that like the timing could shift like a little bit. I think that's totally fine. I've definitely gotten plenty of photo timelines that um, actually are really helpful. Like when I see like, Oh, it, you know, two o'clock you're arriving and you're going to be at the bridesmaids at two fifteen. the bride is going to get her dress and your second shooter is shooting the groomsman at two thirty or whatever it is. Like, I really like that because it's like another thing that, um, again, I don't know if all planners put these in their timelines, but I like, I completely put the photo timeline in my timeline. So like, if there are shots like that, I put it in there because I like to know, like, just say, for example, I need to find the bride or the maid of honor for some random reason. Like I want to know what's happening. Um, if it's a good time for me to come over or if it's not like, um, and just so I can also like, just keep track on time. Like just again, like just say it's been five minutes and I haven't seen anyone in the ceremony starting in 10 minutes. Like, okay, I know they're taking bridesmaids portraits at this location. I'm going to go find them. (laughs) Um, so like, it's super helpful. So yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you do. I think, like you said, like, just making sure, which you obviously do, but just in general, like that being like timing is try to be like timing is flexible. And if there's something that yeah. either you as a photographer can't budge on, cause like just say sunset photos are the most important thing in the entire day to this couple, they live and breathe sunset. And the planner is like, I'm sorry, no, you can't do sunset photos. But it's like, that's when I'm like, okay, you can like put on your tough pants and be like, Hey, this is what the couple specifically said is the most important part of the entire day to them photo wise. Like this is really important. And like, we need to figure out another way. So then maybe that's when you can throw out ideas. So like, I think there's a time and a place to like, obviously stand up for yourself. By no means am I saying like, let a planner like walk all over you (laughs) or anything. But I think like, especially like when the couple is what the couple wants, um, I think then like everyone, I mean, has to get on the same page and, like, yeah. like they weren't already. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's great. And I've had that happen too, personally, where, um, I, it's been a wedding day that was crazy. Like everything moved around. It was like weather out of another world, like things had to just be super flexible. And I think like, that's one of the most important things is like being flexible and, if your totally. attitude on a wedding day is flexible and you're positive and you're not letting anything stress you out and get to you and you're really just showing up to be there for your couple, then a planner will work with you. And if they don't, then that's, yeah, like Sydney said, like that's, that's when you can step up and just yeah. be like, hey, like this is important to them. It's not about me and like what I want for their day, you know, it's yeah. about the couple. So I think like just be mindful of being flexible. Like if, you know, you staying an extra 30 minutes would make a big impact for the timeline without it being stressful for all parties, then just do that. You know, like don't make it super hard on everyone involved and then just be communicative too about like, 
oh, this is the time I usually like to do sunset portraits. Would that be possible? Is there a way we could move it 15 minutes this way or this way? Like just brainstorm and be like collaborative. Like this whole entire podcast episode has been about just like collaboration and flexibility and communication too. So totally, totally. I love it. Okay. So one question that was also a follow-up that someone asked is what is the best way to negotiate the best slot for sunset portraits? We've kind of already talked about this, but do you have any specific like tangible tips that you could give about like the best way to negotiate with a planner about sunset portraits? Yeah, I think kind of like you said, Claire, like we've touched on this, but like just kind of reiterate, like if the sunset is at a critical time in the reception timing, um, not like an easy, like most of the time I feel like it's like, oh, it's like dinner's already happened. The couple can just sneak away. Like it's usually kind of easy, yeah. but, um, I think again, just like being like, I need about this much time. Ideally I need the couple from this time to this time, you know, is there, can we do the cake cutting after and do this before, or, um, just kind of like working with each other to like make whatever time you need for sunset. And like, maybe you would like 30 minutes, but you can only have 15, just like make the best of the time. Because like, one of the things that is like hard about being a planner sometimes is like, you have to be the bearer of bad news uh, to couples, to vendors, to whoever. And like, just say, for example, like, it's seriously like not movable, like catering is like leaving at this time, the cake has to be cut, like whatever it is, just trying to be flexible and be like, okay, you know what, I'll take the time I can get, I'll just steal them for 15 minutes, like, um, kind of thing. I think that's great. And that's happened to me for a lot of weddings. And if that does happen to you too, um, what you could do always is like after family photos, you can take like 10, 15 minutes to just get some photos of the couple too. If you know, you're only going to get 10 to 15 at sunset. And then that way you've had plenty of them like during the daytime and then also in the evening. So that way, if anything gets pushed, like that way, you're not just depending on sunset portraits for photos too. Um, So that's one way as well, if things get delayed or whatever, that you can just be proactive and making sure you have enough portraits of the couple. So I think that's great, Sydney. So next question is for like finding locations. So specifically speaking of like elopements, um, as we all know, elopement photographers take on the role of a guide and planner and all the things. So um, what do you think is helpful when you're working with a photographer who offers like all of those services and what is overstepping? Yeah, I love this question. So um, kind of like, I feel like we've just been saying over and over, like (laughs) collaboration is key Um, in this regard. uh, I love to collaborate with photographers when it comes to working with a couple, especially a couple eloping. Um, So as part of my process as an elopement planner, um, I know there's not like a million elopement planners out there. So like, I feel like specifically when a photographer is like working with an elopement planner, they're like, I don't really know what to do. Like what kind of like you said, I don't know what's overstepping. I don't know what's like not being helpful. So I do like a location guide and research and scouting as a part of my planning process. So like if they are getting married in X national park, I find the exact trails, the places where they could do ceremony, where they could do sunset. Like I find all of that. We'll choose a date, a location, all of that so that I'm able to reach out to the photographer and any other vendors after that. Cause is I've realized it's like kind of hard once you have two vendors involved to sometimes find dates. So if you don't yeah. like have, this is the date, this is where we're doing it ahead of time. And you reach out to like photographers, it's like, okay, well like whose calendar are we going to go with kind of thing? It gets kind of tricky. The more you've booked on before you have a location and a date. So, yeah. which is what, that's why I do it first. But that being said, So like, just say I've like done the guide, we have the ideal locations we think that we're going to do. I will say like, especially if it's a local photographer, like they literally shoot in X national park every other weekend. Like I've done a crap ton of research and hours and hours of my time has gone into that. But like, I am by no means saying I'm an expert on every location of the entire earth. (laughs) So like, (laughs) I am not like opposed to like, I usually always am like, Hey, photographer, or I say their name, but for this, hey, photographer, <laughs> like, um, I know people hate being called photographers, so I wanted to clarify. I don't know. No, I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> um, but anyways, I'll be like, you know, this is what we're thinking. This is where they want to get married. And sometimes the couple's like dead set. Like they've always been set on this location. They're not changing no matter what. For example, the woman that Claire and I worked on, it was very much like, these are kind of like ideas that we have, but like you shoot in a ton more locations in Colorado than I do. Um, cause I don't actually work a lot in Colorado since I do so many other destinations. And so I was like, if there's any like hidden gems, like, I don't know about, like, 
feel free to speak up. Like I, like obviously the end goal is to have like what's best for my couple. Um, and so like we kind of worked together and like, you know, found like, oh, this is what they like, you know, went back and forth. They gave what they liked. Claire gave her pros and cons. I gave my opinions of what I thought. Um, and it was just kind of like a whole little group collaboration on figuring out the location. So that's kind of how I go about it. Again, I'm not naive to think that every planner does exactly everything like I do. That would be super weird. Um, so if they, if you're like, don't know this planner at all, I would just recommend like reaching out at some point in the booking process and just being like, Hey, like, I know you probably help with the locations. Um, you know, I also do, but like, I don't want to step on your toes. So like, if there's like a good time in the planning process, if you want to let me know, I'd love to like, especially when they're local, like I'd love to give my thoughts or maybe you could send a planner and be like, Hey, this is like my location guide. I don't know if that's helpful to you and finding a spot or, um, just like being trying to like, kind of like what works best for you in the planning process versus like trying to dictate your schedule on the planner. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like planners are trying to navigate so many different logistics and so many timelines that like having flexibility from a photographer is like super, it's just so nice <laughs> versus it being like, no, we have to do it right now. It's like, Oh my gosh. Okay. We're like not really at that point of the process, but sure. <laughs> we'll just like rearrange everything. Um, so yeah, so that like, just reach out and just be like, Hey, when is kind of like best. Um, and then maybe you don't hear, you can always check in and, um, obviously you can check base with your couple and, um, just kind of see, you know, what works. Yeah. That was so great. I feel like too, as far as like locations and things like that go or like how a planner works or like what would be most helpful to them. Like, I think there's definitely beauty in asking questions too, kind of like you said, Cindy, of just being like, hey, like what's your process? Like what works for you? Because ultimately, like at the end of the day, every planner is going to be different, probably a little bit, just as like photographers are all different too. So if you don't know, like, okay, if they reach out to you and they're like, Hey, I have this couple I want to refer to you. Well, if you normally have like quite a bit of conversation with a couple before booking, but you don't know how the planner does it, where like, did they give you access to the couple? Would they rather just book everything like on their own? Or like, how does that work? You can always ask, like, don't be scared to ask those questions. And same thing for like locations or what you can do to be helpful or like not overstep, but also just be helpful. Don't be scared to ask those questions. I think that that's totally totally fine. So Sydney, do you feel the same thing? Yes. No, I totally agree. I think questions are, uh, should be everyone's best friend. Cause yeah. <laughs> like, you don't know, like what you don't know. And like, I work with tons of different photographers that work totally different. Some people are like, I don't make a shot list, which is always like jarring to me, but like, I don't know, like people just do things differently. So like, I also ask lots of questions. Like when I was saying earlier, like when I reach out for the timeline, like half my email is a bunch of questions like for yeah. the photographer. Um, so yeah, no, I don't, I think that's great. I think ask any questions you have. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Well, last question I have for you is what are your thoughts on collaboration versus paid planning for styled shoots? So I have lots of thoughts on this question. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to give you kind of two completely different answers (laughs) depending on what stage of your business you're in and a lot of other factors. So the first answer is if you and the planner and or the vendors are new to the industry, you know, maybe your first year business just started, uh, this is my answer. (laughs) So when I first started out, like the biggest way that helped me book actual couples and showcase my work was through style shoots. As a planner, like it's not like photographers, you can just go out and shoot like couples or casual couples. Like you have to put so much more work in to like actually get a return on the investment because like, obviously like they're going to hire you based off your design or your planning or all of these things. So, um, anyways, I probably did like 20 in my first year of business. Uh, so I did like a a lot. (laughs) And so I worked with tons of different vendors and it was super, super like crucial to starting my business, to have tons of content in tons of different places around the country, especially because like from day one, I have been a destination wedding and elopement planner. So like, or just wedding planner to start, but, um, anyway, so I guess actually always because COVID, but anyway, sorry, (laughs) that's unrelated. Um, so I needed content all over the country. So I was very pro them. Uh, many times a photographer would reach out to me, um, or somehow I like had photography friends from the beginning, just from like, you just life. Um, and so how we would do it is neither of us would be making any money and we would split all of the costs 50, 50. So like 
me as a planner, I would plan everything, but I would usually be like, Hey, like, are you cool with this? This is what I'm planning for rentals or like, kind of like, what's our overall budget? Like, is this going to work? So like, obviously being respectful that like whoever I'm working with, it is a collaboration and like they're putting in just as much financially as I am. Um, but I think that just makes it really fair across the board. Um, that way, like we're all getting the content we want and we're all like splitting costs. So if there are other vendors, like a forest wants to be in on it and they're down to split costs too, I've done that before to make it more affordable. I say, I'll go for it. Like I totally understand and respect that we all start somewhere and like you do need content to get started and doing styled shoots. And so like collaboration styled shoots helped me so much. And so yeah. like my business came from these styled shoots, but I do think there is a time and a place for collaboration versus like being paid. And I think when businesses are just starting out that like, that's the best time to do collaboration by no means am I saying like target newer people to try to like take advantage of them or get stuff for free. But I do think honestly that overall the industry is changing. Um, I rarely, really, rarely ever have like when I, I now plan style shoots for photographers, I get paid. And, um, when I reach out to vendors, like no one really ever does it for free or collaboration anymore because it's just not worth the time. So many people have been burned by never getting galleries, having horrible experience with the yeah. photographer. Maybe like it was a florist that donated $2,000 of florals and she got four photos. Like it's just horrible. Like, and so many vendors are so like just done and like fed up with that, that they're like, I got to look out for myself. And like, if, I'm not even getting the photos. Like I'm going to get the money because like I have to cover my own overhead. So like an, another thing, I guess to touch on that before I move on to like kind of how I do it, talk about it a little bit more, how I do it now is like, as a photographer, like your end of the collaboration is to send a fully edited gallery with yeah. a variety of photos that vendors can use. Like literally like when, especially as a planner, like I've already done all my work up front. So like, I'm just waiting on you then to give me the photos. And like, if I never receive them, like that is like beyond infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and like that's happened to so many people. I've talked to so many vendors. Like, it's not like it's only me and I'm like a one-off, like this is very yeah. common, sadly. So like as a photographer, like you should be thinking of the vendors in mind, especially when it's a for collaboration shoot. If you're like attending a workshop, like obviously I think that's a little different, but like if this is a for collaboration shoot, people are donating stuff for free or even in general, like even if they're getting paid, they still like, you should still give a good gallery. So like, I think you should do some like detail shots, some obviously stuff of the couple, some of the tablescape, like if you can get behind the scenes of any of the vendors, like just yeah. be really thoughtful in like those photos and like try to get them in a timely manner. Like honestly, anything over a month, I think is like kind of crazy when it's something that's again, for collaboration, because yeah. people are like, they put in the time, a lot of time and um, money or yeah, of their own money. And like, they need their part of the collaboration in order to keep posting or use it for whatever purposes they had. Right. Um, and so like, just like kind of have all that in mind. And like, like I said, think of, think of the florist, think of the paper girl, think of the rental team, like just think about everybody as you're photographing it. And like, honestly, like, honestly, almost treat it like a wedding day in the sense of like, go through your brain of what you would capture. Like, I feel like a lot of times now style shoots, people only shoot a couple, like they like hardly ever shoot anything else. And so, yeah, that's just like one of my biggest pieces of advice to a photographer that especially is for collaboration. And like, I promise you, like, if you do that for a photographer, do that for a vendor team, they will love you and they will recommend the heck out of you. Yeah. <laughs> like if you treat them well in that situation, you have gained their trust. They now have these amazing photos of your content. They can use them for the advertising and show, Hey, this is so-and-so's work. I'm obsessed with them. You should book them. Yeah. Like it just is honestly, it's beneficial for you too. Like nothing will go wrong. Like there are definitely people in the industry that like among vendors are like almost blacklisted because they've had horrible experiences, never got photos. And like, I don't care what that person is, how many followers they have. I will never work with them because yeah. I don't trust them. So, um, and then another thing, which I obviously talked about for a wedding day is like tagging all the vendors, especially for collaboration, like, yeah. you know, in the BTS and the stories and the posts and the like, whatever, like just make sure that you share about those vendors. Cause like you promised that you would do that when you reached out asking for something for free. So just make sure you follow up on yeah. the end of the bargain. 
Yeah. So sorry. That's, that's my like collaboration thing, but I have more to talk about of how I feel about it for me personally now. And a lot of vendors do too, yeah. <laughs> but um, I love it. I'm like, I'm smiling so big over here. Cause I'm just like, wow, she's dropped so much goodness. Cause I mean, these are just really great tips. Like that's why I've created this podcast. So you guys have like Yay. tangible tips to take with you. And Sydney's just like, drop the mic. So <laughs> I love you. Yeah, no, I it's like I get that some people new are in the industry, maybe they don't know the rules of like tagging people yeah. or like they like don't get that because like everyone like learns you don't know. And so like there was mistakes I made when I first, you know, like was started out too. And so um yeah. yeah so anyways. But yeah, so for now, how I feel about collaboration. <laughs> um I personally I would never do a shaper collaboration anymore. I am to the point in my business. Um, I have been for a while now that like shoots aren't beneficial to me. Like I don't need more photos to book more couples when I have like a fully booked calendar and like the work that I take on is very specific. And so for me, like I actually had photographers start telling me I should start charging. This was like two years ago. And I was like, oh, are you serious for real? And then anyways, <laughs> now I actually charge. And so basically like I just kind of like I also had mentioned like a few minutes ago, like so many vendors have been burned. So they're kind of like having to like do it for themselves to protect themselves and like pay their bills and pay the cost of just participating in the shoot specifically for like florals and like hard cost goods like paper and stuff. They're just going to charge. So like I would say it's very normal now to have to pay to do a styled shoot. And so like, I also get a lot of DMs like, Hey, you want to collaborate on this like workshop or this shoot? And it's like, like with all due respect, like I really don't want to, like it takes hours and hours of my time. It takes almost as much in some ways as a, like a real wedding, depending on how elaborate, whatever it is, if it's like a five day, like workshop or whatever, yeah. like that is a lot of time and money and effort. And like, I just don't see the benefits. Like personally, as a business, I don't see the benefits of doing that anymore. Um, I don't see the return. I guess nowadays, like Honestly, like I too get in sometimes sticky situations where I'm like a photographer's hired me, I'm doing these shoots and they want everything for free. And like, I don't feel comfortable even asking vendors for stuff for free. Like I definitely make it clear, like they will get a gallery, like they will get all of these things. I'll properly credit them. I also say in my emails, like I totally understand and respect, like it takes a lot of time to be in a style shoot. You probably get a lot of inquiries. So like please let me know what your rates are. If you have them or if you offer a discount for styled shoots, like I know a lot of like rental companies, like bigger companies usually do some sort of like a 50% off or they do a discount. But I think just being respectful when you reach out, knowing that you could get a response that might not be what you want. They might be like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'd love to participate in your shoot, but it's going to be, you know, $1,500 for all the florals you requested. Um, and a lot of people do stuff like at cost of goods. Sometimes they're not charging you like your full rate. Like I'm obviously not charging what my full rate would be if I was doing like some crazy wedding. Yeah. But I just think like, again, being kind and respectful in your response. So like, if you reach out and say like, thinking you're going to get something for free and it's over your budget, like, just be honest and be like, I totally value you. And like, I would love to work with you, but I'm sorry. Like my overall shoot budget is like $500. And like, that wouldn't even cover yeah. half the florals. So like, I respect you, but like, I don't think like, you know, I don't think it's going to work. Um, and they'll, they'll respect you like, you know, too. Like I remember when I first started and I was reaching out, I still, I had tons of people back then, even then before this was like a big, I feel like movement in the collaboration world, yeah. <laughs> but like, they'd be like, Oh, it's going to be X amount of dollars. And I remember being like, I'm so sorry, but like, I am just starting out. I don't have that kind of money. Like, um, thank you for your time kind of thing. And then like would reach out to somebody else. Yeah. Um, and sometimes with DIY stuff, whatever, to where you get the funds. So I think another thing to think about is when you're doing a styled shoe is like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you genuinely need more content of a specific kind of elopement? Like, are you, are you just wanting to go out and practice shooting, which is totally fine. Like either answer, but if you're just honestly just wanting couple photos, don't even plan the full style shoot. That's like a waste of your time, your money, and all the vendors' times. If you don't even care about the details or are never going to post them or use them, just maybe get a couple in a dress or something like that. And like, if you're wanting to do it, like I have some couples that hire me and photographers that hire me and they are maybe doing like a big rebrand. Like recently, a lot of photographers wanting to get more just into elopements or doing more intimate weddings. And so we'll do a wholesale shoot with that in mind. So it's super intentional. So it's worth investing the time and the money into like, I've had a photographer drop, you know, 
a couple thousand dollars, um, if not a lot more, honestly, um, on different style shoots and content days for just them because it was really like important to their business. So look at it as a way to like invest in yourself and your advertising and your marketing and like uh, more than just like, oh, I'm going to go get some content. Like I'm going to pay literally $20 for everything. Like that's yeah. just not how it's going to be. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my whole, whole spiel on collaboration and style shoots, but that's so paid good. and unpaid and all that. As since you mentioned like price and things like that, if a photographer is listening to this or even videographer, any creative business entrepreneur, that's like, Hey, I think I really need to do some style shoots. So how much should I even budget? Like how much should I think to budget about? something like that? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So I would say overall, if you're trying to do like a style shoot, I'll just say like an element one, but a couple, maybe a ceremony, small ceremony setup and a tablescape, I would probably estimate around $15,000. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was about to say 15,000. <laughs> I was like, that sounded so wrong. 1500, one comma five zero zero, not one five comma zero zero zero. Oh my God. No, 15,000. If anyone quotes you that, you better call me and I'll call them. Yeah. But no, like throw up. Yeah. Get a sticker shock. I know. Okay. Now 1500. So I'm like, nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, about $1,500. Sometimes it's a little less if you don't want to do like a full tablescape. But I think that's a good general base. Um, and then as you get quotes, you can decide, oh, I want to cut this or, oh, I want to beef up more. But like, to me personally, as a planner, um, I like shoots that have super low budgets, but they want to do like a full tablescape, the full everything. It honestly doesn't even make sense to me because if you're not going to put in like the details and the money to make it look really good, yeah. then like, just don't do the tablescape. Like I've had, I've had conversations like that where they felt like it was tight with budget. And I was like, honestly, we should just skip the tablescape because what is a bland table with a plate and like one arrangement? Like that's just yeah. not even like, are you even going to post that? Like, it doesn't even look that good. Like, cause it's right. so bare because you're trying to save money. You're not even trying to make it look good. You're just trying to like save money. So, um, again, like kind of talked about earlier, like, I think just keep that in mind, but 1500 is a good average. Like I said, it could be more or less depending on how much like you want to put into it um, or don't. That's good to know. And if like they have other attendees and stuff, does that price change or will that price stay about the same? Like, what do you think with that? If they, if you're not doing like a content day, like you're just straight up, like you and your best friend want to like do a style shoot. Um, I would say you know, we could do the same and then you could just split it. So like, uh, for example, for me, for my services, if you book me, I think it's like around 600 a shoot just for me to plan it. Like that's just from planning services plus the budget. So yeah. it's usually, again, like photographers that are wanting to be more intentional. They want more details. They want more things. Like they don't necessarily just want a little couple on a bouquet. Cause like right. that always doesn't necessarily make sense for them to invest in me, which I totally get. Anyways, if you, I allow up to, I think four photographers is what I say. So like everything is split. So like if you're doing like, I have a lot of people that come out for like, or we do like full week trips of content. They'll come to a location, fly me out. And then we like do all week shoots and then they split it between four of them. So it's really not that bad. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Well, Sydney, yeah. for anyone listening who they're just obsessed with you now, because I am, so I know all of you are, um, where can they find you? Where can they watch your vlogs? Tell us more about, yeah, all the places we should follow you. Yes. No, I love that. So please be friends with me. Follow me. DM me. <laughs> Let me know you listen to the episode. I'd love, I'd love to hear that. But you can find me on Instagram at wildly in love with two underscores. Some bot accounts took wildly in love and wildly in love with one underscore. So I got two. So that's where you can find me. I'm most of the time on Instagram, but my website is wildlyinlove.co. And on there, you can find my blog, the wildly life that has like tons of travel tips and advice and just like all of my life with my husband traveling. Um, and it has links to my vlog um, from the website. But if you also want to go, you're like into the YouTube. Uh, if you want to head over <laughs> to YouTube and follow me on the wildly life, I would love that. I'm just, I'm just now getting into YouTube a little bit more and I know nothing about it. So uh, yeah, I would love your support. Go support there. the girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I promise I, I won't spam you with like annoying vlogs. It's like fun little home videos that are just genuine in real moments that, you know, maybe you would find useful when you travel, but yeah. anyways, yeah. 
I love thank that. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, Sydney, thanks for being here. It's been so fun. And spoiler alert, since she just mentioned that she's got like travel tips and things like that on her website, we're literally about to record another podcast episode about travel yes. hacks. So that'll be coming out sometime shortly after this episode. But yeah, be on the lookout for that. Sydney's amazing. She has a lot to offer. Go check her out on all of her platforms. And thank you for being here. Ah, thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, so whenever I told you guys that Sydney was going to dish on all the things, I meant it, right? Like, this episode was so helpful for me. I hope it was helpful for you. If you did love this episode, we would love if you would screenshot it, share it to your story. You can tag me at All Angles Pod or also at Claire Hunt Photography and tag Sydney at Wildly in Love with two underscores. And all of the links will be in the show notes and description for you guys. But we would truly love to hear your biggest takeaway from this episode or how much you loved it. And truly, thank you for listening in. It is so cool that I'm able to bring you guys free content like this and things that are hopefully answering questions that you've had in business, maybe for a very long time or just a short time. And honestly, like that's what it's all about. That's what this whole entire podcast is here for, to truly help you get your business in line and start making your business work for you instead of the other way around. So I hope that every single episode I bring to you guys really helps you be able to do that. That's my whole goal. And if you love the episode, if you love this podcast, I would love if you would leave a five-star review. That is a great way to get the podcast out into more ears like yourself. So anyway, go on friend, create a bomb business. And I can't wait to hear your biggest takeaways from this episode. And until next time, my friend, 